How you doing, guys? Today is a bit of a bittersweet day for me. Um, I've just come back from uh, one of Tony Pillage's healing days uh, that he had at the gym, and he had guys like NASA but there, Tony Bailey, Keith Priestley, Jimmy Ronan, uh, and uh, a lot of the esoteric stuff in martial arts I don't really get. But more importantly, I just went there to go and see Tony Pillage because, uh, as you already know, Pillage is the only guy that I've allowed to have two shows. That's He's just a larger-than-life character. And right now, he's not looking great, and he'll admit that himself. A couple of weeks ago, he actually had been beaten mentally by the cancer. It's final furlong time, I think, for him. And he's still trying to raise money right now for some of the more alternative therapies that he's going for. So there will be a link at the end of this for his uh, Just Given page. If you can give to that, that would be awesome. But just sit back and listen to a guy who's uh, come to terms with coming towards the tail end of his uh, well, his experience on this physical plane anyway. Huh? And that's the best way to put it for pillage, right? Uh, I'm Catholic, uh, who's now a Buddhist, so I'm already struggling with what happens next. But Tony's a pretty cool guy, and uh, any good intentions you've got out there, send them his way, all right? This is Mick Tully and you're listening to Mixed Martial Arts. Today's show is like no other. Every time you listen to this and you, you hear me, it always sounds like a conversation and it's sort of a conversation but it's quite contrived because the guy knows what he's doing. Um, this one's actually just, I've popped in to see my good mate, Tony Pillage, and literally we planned it earlier this week because... He's dying. Fuck me. <laughs> you made that easy for me, didn't you? Huh? Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, no, it was actually when I saw you on Facebook, mate, and I, I just saw it and I was like, fucking hell. There was no way that there's more than an inbox required here. I'll tell you what, I'll let you explain. When you first got it, how come you just went onto you went onto Facebook? How come you shared what was going on? Like most people share what they have for dinner and all their <laughs> yeah, shit that's not really important, but this is like the most important thing you can fucking share with someone, right? Um, the one thing I've learned over the last past what, two and a half, nearly three years, is the fact that everybody's cancer journey is their own path. If, if you look at uh, a dear friend, yeah, Paul uh, Richard Bustillo, yes, uh, he died of liver cancer. Um, we believe that he may well have known about it for a while, but no one knew. Yeah. Which made the letter I got from him. Uh, just before he died, literally a week before he died, even more poignant. It was. Um, and heart-wrenching. I'm a bit of a gobby twat, basically, and I, it was a way of, of exercising the ghost because people um, still have this whole uh, stigma uh, with cancer. Mm. I, was, I was in a clinic in London on Monday, and uh, I think it was a deliberate policy, although they told me it wasn't. But there was a, a young-ish coloured lady from uh, London who had just been diagnosed with uh, breast cancer. She right. can't even use the word cancer. Seriously, she's so much in denial, but she's still having to have these holistic treatments. Uh, she hated me. She absolutely hated me being in there. She wanted solace and away from everyone. But it was a, a most interesting two hours by the end of it. And what were you doing? Were you in there to talk to her, or were you just waiting? Well, for I'm, your I'm having my treatment at the same time because literally you're just sitting there with an infusion in your arm for two hours, two and a half hours. Is this a vitamin C? Yes. Yeah, because what, what are you doing? Because the one great thing about Tony is. Uh, we said it, said it before I said it again right you're one of the most polarising men which we, the, the thing is though yeah, people like me now it's, yeah, yeah yeah that's it how fucking mad's that right yeah. it's like years ago it was like you couldn't get anyone I was I was like probably in 
I was so in the minority because I'd be like, no, Tony's fucking awesome. And they were like, no, no. And I'm like, trust me, he is. And then obviously he wants to get to know you. But it's like, you've had me where... I've never not, had you. Not had me like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, do you know what? That's a link as well. You leave that in. Leave and, that uh, in. That is saying it. We had a day out where you pretended I was your gay lover over in Birmingham. We yeah? certainly did. That was fantastic. We went to see Rupert the Monkey Boy. We went to see Date Your Rotten Scoundrels. Mm-hmm. Uh, surrounded by a load of old people. It was a matinee. <laughs> and you'd blag tickets in there. Where did we get the tickets? We got them off Barnsley. What was it for? Yeah, it was. He was a member of some theatre club, and he couldn't go. And we we decided we were trying to blag it, so we had Barnsley's ID, didn't we? Yeah, we did have Barnsley's ID. You said that you you said you were Barnsley, then you said I was your gay lover who was husband. I was too embarrassed. Was husband. husband. I was a husband, yeah. yeah. And yeah, he told the girl on the ice cream, and I was too embarrassed to be seeing out with you. <laughs> and and then, hands. Yeah, and then I I couldn't turn around exactly and turn around and say, look, he's got a cancel or anything. <laughs> that fucking makes that even worse. But. I was going to say some of the mad stuff you've had me in the past where you've done Reiki you fixed my neck for me from jujitsu. you had me eating frankincense frankincense yeah. frankincense uh, you see this is this like, I love all this these different treatments you're having mm. because I'm getting to try out mad shit and you're like you know it won't hurt you it might help you and I'm like wicked but what are you doing now What what what's the treatments my, my life now is, is uh, in effect just trying to stay alive um, that, that's that's not um, too too disparate a thing to say, but it's actually true. So Monday, I have vitamin C injections, um, which uh, cost some in the region. Uh, that day cost me about four and a half hundred pounds. Fucking hell! That's um, your travelling as well. Um, Tuesday, I have a physio- mental physiotherapy uh, with a friend of mine who's a, an NLP practitioner who's trying to put the, the, me having a, a really strong mindset to go with this. Yeah. Wednesdays, I sit in a hyperbaric chamber for two for an hour um thursdays i sit in a hyperbaric chamber for an hour and then fridays i um have a day off um from doing anything but i'm still i bought myself a um a sauna uh, an, uh, an infrared sauna for home right uh, which helps the capillaries grow which helps more oxygen get into your system which means that it's uh, obviously cancers not oxygen um I'm just trying everything, mate. Um, I, I, I'm, I've, you just tasted it. You know, I've, I was like strolling around Dalston Market for Soursop, which has got you know, a really good reputation. So I have that. And at home, I'm having probably my still having 60 or 70 um, supplements a day. Um, my diet is really strict now, as you probably see. I've, yes. I've lost three and a half stone this year. But uh, the other day, the pain was so extreme. Uh, it was it was ridiculous. Um and what, what, what transpired from that, I, I felt the need that I needed to share what I was going through. Yeah. 15,000 views in two days. Wow. People phoning me up and saying, I saw that, I've, I've given up smoking. I've, I've seen that, I'm putting my, myself on a diet. One guy, um, who you know, I won't mention his name because it's not fair on him, said he, he worked for a Coventry Council for many, many, many years and got really pissed off with all the, the, the cuts and everybody just acting like idiots and he, he said he walked in and I said to him Frazier that you should just leave man you know you shouldn't get yourself stressed yeah. you're not living a life you're working six in the morning to eight at night for, for no thanks at all just so you hang on to your job and he walked in and he told them basically to fuck off really and I was so proud of him and he said I realized I was living to work not working to live uh, so it was powerful and there's no problem me sitting here when everything's fine my name is Tony Pillage I have cancer I'm having a very stringent diet when people see you in that much pain and that much agony and that that soul destroyed I think Mick to be honest yeah. because all of a sudden you see it's not the pain I can take the pain bit that's alright yeah. 
it's the thought of is that going to be for the rest of my life is that the, is, is it going to ever go away well, when you said that to me on the phone I was like you know it, it killed me because watching it killed me and like you know when you got tears in your eyes and you were, I could see you and you were like when you said it and it just hit me you were like is this is this it now mm. is this me for the rest of my life yeah. and then as you said what it represents which is the fucking decline and I was like man yeah it, it, it just yeah it it's brutal man it really fucking is you know it's but it, it, look mate. I, my, my, my friend um, well, a mutual friend of ours Graham is, is currently uh, yeah. in, in, a, in a place you know, with cancer with not a, a great prognosis for him no. very dear friend of mine Charlie who I've known for 28 29 years died recently I've got another friend who is about to die of cancer and of course it's shit it, you know, there's, there's no other way to you can't sugarcoat it but Graham actually wrote something the other day which I thought was very poignant and, and very wonderful it's actually quite a gift to have cancer and the reason being you have time to put things right and I'm thinking well yeah it is because if you walk out of here and you'll run over by a bus that's it bam yeah I know you don't get through all the pain and everything a lot of stuff unsaid a lot yeah, of yeah. stuff undone yeah. yeah achievements left I mean I mean, a very dear friend of mine today uh, bought me a saxophone. Really? A saxophone, yeah. Andy uh, Longfield uh, bought me a saxophone. And the reason he bought me a saxophone was to increase my lung capacity. And um, he felt it would be a really, really good thing to learn a saxophone before I die. So I'm going to learn the saxophone. Okay. I have it in the car. I could toot on it if you wish. But well, yeah, toot, we'll toot on it later. Okay. It's like, I, I often say, uh, when people ask me about you, I always say, if you want to know what Tony Pillage is like, go and sit in his office. Because I really believe this. This is like, your office is the physical manifestation of your head. Yes, of course. Inside, right? Yeah. Because I'm looking at it and given that I got, you've got a collection of didgeridoo. What, what's the collective noun for a didgeridoo? Didgeridoo or something. <laughs> yeah, you've got a Zulu Maasai warrior sitting on, the, uh, sitting on your windowsill. Mr. Miyagi from Karate Kid 2. It's an Aborigine. Is he an Abo? He's an Abo. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Oh, dear. He looks like a man. Oh, he does. Fudo Miyu. What have you got a dinosaur? If the DUP get into government, <laughs> man, that fucking dinosaur head. Never existed. Never existed. Never existed. Gene Hunt's on the wall there. The Dalai Lama. Richard Bastillo. Salvador Dali. Master Ken. <laughs> Hoist Gracie. Jeez, a wet. Is that a Norman helmet there? What's a rhino represent? The rhino is a very interesting one. I, I will tell you for why, my friend. Many, 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 many moons ago, when uh, I was working for a living up in London, I did some work with a gentleman by the name of Sir Bill Ord, um, who was uh, at the That's time... That's a cool name. Yeah, he, he, he's a cool bloke. He was a very cool bloke. And um, I went to a, a dinner party once with him and his brother, who had flown helicopter gunships in Borneo they're just an amazing family wow who was then head of some aerospace division for BA systems and uh, I did some work with him and he, he uh, was um, an incredible man and uh, I felt he's one of these people who he was, you could tell there was an upper class aura about him and, and his brother he just you know, had a bit that bearing yeah and, right um, he bought me a tie right and a book and the tie I still have, it's covered in rhinos. And uh, the book was called Rhinoceros Success by a man called Scott Alexander. And he said, you don't realize it yet. He said, because you're still finding out who you are as a person, but you are a rhino. And uh, the book is an extraordinary one if you ever get hold of it. 
and it's about you know, the mentality you have you just charge through life you know you don't let little brick bats and bubbles stop you you have a, a goal and you just go for it and the thing is he said wherever you are where you spend most of your time having your line of sight a rhino to remember who you are and that is why you have a rhino is that your spirit animal then is no it? nothing no? at all no it, it's just this it's about you, know, you think of how a rhino would, would act and you know, it's a, you know, the rhino is sitting in the back of the roller looking out at the sheep in the fields yeah. that's the attitude you have to just have doesn't to, give a fuck yeah, yeah. you have to be different you have to be true to yourself and you have to just plough through life like a rhino it doesn't stop for etiquette does it it just goes on <laughs> That's it. You got to watch out there. Some Chinamen will be round trying to take your tell horn. You, off, man. Mate, yeah. There's been many Chinamen trying to take my horn, <laughs> but I was young and needed the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ask you Al. Know, so why is Kenneth Williams looking down over your shoulder? Because again, you see, I, I find him totally inspirational. Exactly. If you if, if you have ever read the Kenneth Williams diaries, I haven't read the diaries. No, I read a biography. You should. It's one yeah. of the, it's one of the greatest books ever. And uh, the man's eloquence, the, the man's insight, the, the way he was, he was a tortured, tortured man. Yeah. But what an interesting brain. And it, I, I tell you what happened. Um, but what I sort of fell in love with him a bit. He and Billy Connor, I think, held the record for the most amount of people on Parkinson. Right. I think he was on six times. And at one point, they put him with a load of, um, it was some mad... Scotsman, who was head of the, the miners' union or, or the trade, the two UC or something. Yeah. And and somebody else, and I think it was um, it was an actress, quite a well-known actress, one of the red greys, perhaps. Yeah. And they're talking about politics, and he's, he's he's almost his coquettish self, and he's preening and doing what he does. Yeah. And then they got round to a serious political statement, and in a heartbeat, he changed, and he destroyed. And when I mean destroyed, me, he destroyed. The argument of these politicians and the TUC guy. And he had an earnestness about him and, and, a, and a quite extraordinary brain. When you think he was the son of a um, North London barber, yes, you know, he, he had an extraordinary mind. Well, you see, I, I, read, I read a biography on him. And first of all, I uh, obviously very well educated, uh, but he was, a, he was a self-made man and uh, a proper Renaissance man. And the one thing that really always fascinated me about him was he was gay in a period in London where being gay was no fun. Mm -hmm. Like, seriously But no he, he, he wasn't, you see. He, he wasn't gay? No, not, not in its strictest sense. But he, he had a great thing for Joe Horton. That was almost like his great love. Right? The artist. Oh, the writer. The, oh, Joe Horton, yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, although he went off a couple of times to experience homosexuality in um, Morocco especially, yeah. it disgusted him. It really? And that's... That, it was his great torture because he had to hide it away. Although he was so flamboyantly, you know. Yeah, um, he fabulous. To, yeah, you get away with it. Um, he used to hang out of his window and wolf whistle, you know, builders and stuff and have that interaction. <laughs> but the actual um, the actual sex part of it was totally abhorrent to well, him. Well, do you know what? Just when you said Joe Orton, that was the Gary Oldman and... Uh, remember the Gary Oldman movie with yeah. Alfred Molina yeah. in it? And... Uh, I actually worked for a guy. Uh, he's still actually he's still alive. When this was, you'll love this. So, for, for posterity, <laughs> I want to get this down on camera because me and you uh, down on tape. Me and you were in London at the same time, but obviously we didn't know each other in the in the mid to late eighties. And I worked for a sculptor called Cecil Hater, <laughs> right? And that is H A Y T E R. And if you get the chance, Google him because yeah. the guy was unbelievable. But he was unbelievably camp. And 
he always whenever I think whenever I see Kenneth Williams I always think of Cecil Hayden no. and he was the one where it was like you know I'll be skimming the ceiling and he said uh, dear boy I don't would you mind taking your shirt off and <laughs> skimming the ceiling and I'd be like um, and he goes I'll make you lunch and I went How's a, how's a vest work for you, Cess? And he goes, okay, no problem, no problem. But you were down in London when being in London was actually, it was an Fun. interesting place to live then, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Now it's just Starbucks. A lot of people have no idea just how an interesting <laughs> life you've led. And I know quite a bit, and I love it, because I'm always like, fuck me, they should make a movie of this guy's mm. life. But what were you doing down in London? Because <laughs> we know what you were doing, right? You can, you can say the bits that you want to say. How's that? Ah, uh, you bastard. Um... <laughs> <laughs> right, um, I, I believe that I have had a full life. There's no, right. no question about it. You're that. the only person I'm jealous of. <laughs> That's not true. Well, no, but no. some of the stuff you've done, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. Cool. I think part of this was actually due, due to my mother. Really? <laughs> my mum was a phenomenally talented dancer. Right. Uh, and she was on the television toppers and... and uh, she, she, I mean, there she's there. I mean, she, she had. Um, you, you never told me that was your mum. Yeah, that's my mum. Really, on the front of Picture Goer magazine, yeah, yeah. and that's for sale <laughs> for three and sixpence, is it? Three um, old shillings, three and a half three, old shillings. Wow, but she's a good-looking lady, mate. She was offered. That doesn't do her justice, to be honest. Um, she was offered the role of Hollywood starlet that Joan Collins took because my mum turned it down. Wow. And it was because of my grandfather. When she had me and she, my, my uh, father um, and her got divorced, she uh, turned into a not the person she should ever have been and ended up working in a factory for 20 years. Oh, fuck. So this is someone who had the world at her feet and she, she, she'd she actually been groomed to be the um, principal ballet dancer at um, the uh, Royal Ballet, but she got too tall. Wow. So um, she actually trained with... Uh, Dame Nanette de Valois, who was very famous at the Ballet Rombert, and also Sir Frederick Ashton. She was big, wow. but got too tall and too busty. Um, and I saw this woman who had all the God-given talent in the world live a life of sadness and uh, unfulfilledness. I think the word sensei, if you look at its proper de definition, is one who has travelled many paths. Right. And, yeah, I, I've done lots of things in my life. But I've, I've, I've tried lots of stuff. I've failed miserably. I've been really successful. And it, but that's all part of the journey. But I never wanted to be the person like my mum was at the end of her life, wishing that she had done this or done that. And you know, the martial arts, it wasn't actually until probably the last weeks of her life where she actually even vaguely understood me as a person. Really? So, yeah, I mean, I've done all sorts of stuff. <laughs> you know, I've... Uh, but, but I've done it I think with a smile I've learned a lot well the advertising when you told me about working in advertising when you were down in London or who was it who was it you were working in you worked in some big for some big company I can't remember no no, 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 no what it was I think um, I think it, it may I've told you a joke that I heard in Saatchi in Saatchi that's it that's why yeah. that's it which is my favourite joke very yes. well finish on it and um, um, I was working in the audio vision industry for years and uh, you know, my friend Daryl Clark who was my old boss you know, we're still huge friends with he's been really kind helping with the fundraising because you know, what people don't realise Mick is you know, people have been ridiculously kind and I can't tell you how, how wonderful yeah. they've been right but literally every penny that has been donated has gone now and the thing is we're, we're very lucky in, this, in so much that um, we had a bit of a payout from a car accident that Sarah was involved in. Yes. Not a lot, but about seven grand. Um, we managed to pay off the mortgage with that. You know? Right. So, 
you know we don't live in a huge house and it's a, it's a nice house but you know we, we don't have that that overhead which means you know, we, we can spend the money that we'd be paying on a mortgage on treatments but you're talking probably I'm spending three grand a month at the moment Wow, but th- th- maybe this is a good time to mention. We're, but yeah, I can't even say you've talked me into it. I thought it came up on Facebook in about th- in thirty seconds. I was like, I'm in. We're gonna go up. Snow. Listen, listen. Yeah, yeah. Let, let me. Let me. I'm gonna interrupt Mick. I know it doesn't happen very often, but <laughs> this is the gospel gospel truth, right? Mick and I both share many loves in life. Okay, and one of them is the love of musical theatre. Gotta have it. And one of my favourite films of all time was Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. And I've seen it in a stage production at the Alexander Theatre where we went and saw yes. Scrambled. In fact, strangely, I'm waiting for a phone call because I might have tickets tonight to go and see it. No way. At Warwick Art Centre. Really? Yes. Oh, awesome. That is a, a Terence Stamp, Jesus. It was brilliant. Yeah, Ter- Ter- Terence looks good in that. Terrence, that's worrying that, that is the problem yeah. so you look at Terence and you're like him versus Helen Mirren <laughs> sorry Helen you look great but Terence no. looks great talk to yourself hey. anyway the bit that I love is the, uh, the the freedom of expression they have when they climb Oruru um, or Ayers Rock yeah so they can the idea was they can stand up at the top having climbed it in their full regalia their full show their showgirl outfits these three transsexuals and they stand at the top of, of it and they go, look at us, a cock in a frock on a rock. <laughs> and I just think it's the best line in a film ever. I think it's just, it's just awesome. And the way it was delivered and it, 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 was, it was great. Now, people have been very kind, as I've said to you, um, donating money and what have you. But I'm not a taker. I can't just take from people. Yeah. So I thought what would be completely insane, push me to my absolute limits. And also, to be honest stick a finger up at that little twat up north we know who it is yes yes um, and his false promises and lies yeah and um, and basically do Snowden and, I've, and I've seen some people who I know climb Snowden recently I, I thought that would be so much fun and it's almost like a um, I think I've always wanted to play Frankenfurter <laughs> and I, I could climb Snowden in in Frankenfurter outfit to try and raise money because it'd be fun and I, and I knew a lot of uh, my martial arts mates would also stick there uh, I know yeah. some wanted it because they like to dress up as women yes but so honestly I, I swear to you this and I swear it's on my cancer you were the first person that I thought of and I've actually seen the outfit in my mind and it's silver and you've got these silver big, you've got these ostrich feathers coming out of your head uh, I don't have to shave my legs or anything. No. That's all right. That's good. That's good. Or my back. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think the more stubbly you are, the more. Well, I, I do not. I'll grow the grey beard for it. I'll have the silver beard to yeah, go with the rest that's, of it. That's Gandalf. Go as Gandalf. Gandalf, <laughs> you shall not pass. Yeah. Definitely. So, Tony, this is the bit, man. This is the. Money shot. The, <laughs> the, well, no, because the money shot is when you tell the joke at the end. Okay. Uh, future, man, tell me. On uh, Monday, when I did this this video, um, I didn't think I'd last to the end of the month. It, the pain was that bad. And if, and if, it, if I couldn't have got it under control, mate, I, I, I just would be not. I probably would have just jumped off a building somewhere. But I hope to be alive at Christmas. That's it. That, that's as far as I can, I can look, mate, to be honest. But I'm going to do a series of, like a farewell tour, like yes. the Stones, <laughs> and, um, which I've, I've been promised, some clubs have promised to bring 80 or 90 of their students. Now, whether people think I'm a good martial artist or not, it's absolutely immaterial. I've done my bit, I, I've had my day, I've had a lot of fun doing it, and I've, but I've changed a lot of people's lives for the, for the better, and, and, and right. that, there's no question of that. 
and I, so I can leave that side of my life and, and be proud of what I've done. You know, for someone with very little talent, I've been on the front page of most magazines. <laughs> um, I've headlined some of the biggest martial arts shows in the world. I've yeah. made a master of Jeet Kune Do by my seafood, Richard Bustillo. I've had a book out. I've done all right. I've, You've done more than all yeah. right. So I, 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 I'm trying to make as many provisions as I can for Sarah um, and the dojo. But I've, I've had a phenomenal life, mate. I, I, I'm not ready to go yet. I really am not ready to go. And uh, But if it's my t- time, well, there, there you go. Um, I have good days. I'm having a good day today. You, you caught me yesterday. I've probably been sobbing at this point. No, come on, mate. I, we always have a great time together. You yes, know that. Right. We always have that. Tony, you're fucking, you're the man. It's, well, it's killed me. As I said to you, you know, past couple of days, I've had the shoulders are hurting mm. and elbows hurting you know just starting to feel 48 now look turn on the news and if it isn't crazy muslims you know being rammed down our throat yeah. by the media it's this awful fire that happened in london yeah. and you're like oh, everything's awful and then i was like that and i yeah and it is bad because i looked and i thought fucking hell you know what i mean it could be worse i could be mm. going through what tony's going through yeah yeah and it, it yeah it's look yeah, I've, I've played hide-and-seek with Hoist Gracie at Kenilworth Castle. I've had a water pistol fight with Chuck Liddell in a dungeon in Warwick. Mate, I've had the best of time. <laughs> yeah, and it's that, that whole thing of, you know, carpe diem, seize the day. I'll make people smart. I've annoyed the fuck out of people, I, and that is equally as wonderful. <laughs> but, but, but what has transpired is that I think, um, truthfully, and I won't mention any names, because it's not again fair on them but people who when I started out looked to me very disparagingly and now some of my closest friends yeah. people who looked to me disparagingly who are true martial artists in every sense of the word who saw this this bouncing tigger like usurper coming in and just creating <laughs> mayhem with no talent or skill <laughs> just a big gob and, and a, a, a bit of focus and now some of my closest friends so Mate, you know, I, I'm a bit like Trump. I've won over the populace, I think. <laughs> you certainly have. I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'm just going to say a couple of things. Is if, if, this, if this is like my last ever Mick podcast, which I hope it isn't, then. I hope it isn't either. Um, I'm going to give you, leave you guys some, some wit and wisdom. Get your funeral fucking sorted. It's really good. It's, it's not bad luck. <laughs> I'm still alive, right? <laughs> Look at the humanist burials. There's some wonderful humanist burial sites, and they, they basically grow an oak tree out of you. It's brilliant. But I'm going dressed as Deadpool. This is the gospel truth, right? But whilst being carried by six friends all dressed as the village people, all superhero outfits. There will be someone greeting people at the, uh, the place dressed as the Grim Reaper. And in, in my coffin there will be a drawing of me as if uh, I was Deadpool um, and Wade Wilson was the usurper. Really? Yeah, so if I ever get dug up, they go, he was real. How cool is that? Blue, that's like the Blue Peter time capsule, isn't exactly, it? Exactly, yeah. Is that the one you were going for? Exactly the same yeah. thing. Oh, do you know what? I am going to let you have the last word, but I just have to say <laughs> one thing. I always love sitting in your office because I just look around and all these crazy books, and that, yeah, and it is everything from all the best martial arts book I've ever seen to then just stuff that's like really bizarre. And Tony underneath the book which I'm going to have off you which is the Danny Nasanto the man the teacher the artist book why have you got Dimac death point striking uh, as the book that you're reading uh, because it's by <laughs> the legend that is Earl Montague oh it is yeah wow man and as I'm studying currently under NASA Butt who is his number one student 
Um, but then I was uh, reading that, but I am. Uh, what, what, what did he pass away of? Cancer as well? No, no, it was, I believe, complications from um, diabetes. Really? Yeah. He was bare of a man, wasn't he? Yeah, um, and uh, you know, NASA is one of the most extraordinary human beings you'll ever meet in your life. Like He was the guy doing internal power when no one was doing mm. any of it. And do you know what? This is the ironic thing. More and more martial artists as they're getting older are starting to understand that maybe fighting the aging process is what they really should be looking at now yes. more than anything. It was stuff that we all poo-pooed when we were younger. We're all going, do you know what? I'll have a look at that now. Because hmm. all these older guys seem to be moving well. The last, the last, last thing, this is it, right? right? You've got to finish off on the joke, but mm. before you do that, right? For a guy who's led, and it, it, yeah, trust me, I'm not asking this question, mm. like I'm asking a man who's mm -hmm. facing the Grim Reaper. If there was one thing in your life that you could have done, but you didn't do, what would it be? Well, that's a tricky one, because there, there are many, but I, I think explore India. Yeah, but Tony, you're the sort of guy that would, when everyone else, when you see all these hippies going to, hipsters and hippies going off to Goa, you're like, fuck that, you'd be going into Calcutta or something. Yeah, yeah. I, wanted, I, do, I want to do the whole lot from Goa, and Mumbai, the whole lot up to the, and then probably finish in the Himalayas and get up to base camp, but I can't do it now because of my lung, because um, I can't, I've only got one lung. So I'm a bit knackered. I am going to do the Everest thing. I'm mm. going to take a picture of you up there with me. That is a given, my friend. I'm so glad you said that because I was thinking you were going to say a three-way with two supermodels. And I was like, I would do that indefinitely. <laughs> and I'll have a picture but, to send to But to be fair, Mick, <laughs> we, we've done that. <laughs> you said things that you haven't done. Oh, now, yeah. the joke. Finish off on the joke. Okay, this, the best this, joke ever, right? No, it's not. But at the time and what was going on in the world, it was the best joke ever. I had been pitching Saatchi and Saatchi, which were the, like, the premier name in advertising yeah. at the time by a long shot, and they were famous. I went down there and I got on really well with the guy, and he was sitting there and he said, I'm going to leave you a little joke. I said, OK. And I'm not great with people. I like instantaneous observational humor, yeah. don't, but this just made me laugh. There was a gentleman called Mr. Hardy, and Mr. Hardy had a nail company. And this nail company, or was known as Hardy's Nails, um, had come to the end of the financial year and they found they had an excess of money which they'd have to pay an awful lot of tax on. So one of his great dreams has always been to have a television advert featuring his product. He was so proud of his product. But he's also a very religious man. He thought, how can I tie this in? So he goes, he goes, phones up sites, says, look, I'm, I'm really sorry, very, very little time, but um, if I can spend this money by next Friday, I won't lose it. I want an advert to go out on telly. And they said, absolutely, sir, we can do this for you. So they took his brief down, nine o'clock, the following Friday, he's got his priest around, he's got his whole family, and they're all sitting around, and uh, it, it pans open, and there's a, uh, like a, almost as we, we know it now, there's a drone shot going over the hill of Calgary, and zooming on, on to Roman centurion. Right. Who uh, are basically nailing Jesus to the cross. And they go, hmm, I'm glad we're using Hardy's nails. Well, the man goes absolutely ballistic. At nine o'clock in the morning, he's phoning up and saying, what the hell? I'm laughing. So this was awful. <laughs> Sir, we are so sorry. We have totally misinterpreted your, your, your brief. But we can, look, as a favour, we won't charge you for that one and, and we'll, we'll charge you um, and we'll do a whole series of them for you, but uh, we'll put it out next Friday. It'll take us a week to film it. And he goes, okay. So he goes, uh, brings all the people around, has a look at the, uh, the television, nine o'clock comes. 
and the Ching Ching Hardy's nails. And all of a sudden, it pans round and there's a hill at Calgary and there's Jesus with his robes up around his ass, running down the hill as fast as he can, being chased by the same two centurions. Where one turns to the other and says, I told you we should have used fucking Hardy's nails. <laughs> <laughs> It was just. It was, uh, it was in that moment. Oh, you're so not going to heaven, man. I'm telling you. Uh, well, uh, I, I believe that. But my parting <laughs> word is: be good to one another. And it's true what the Beatles said: all you need is love, because that's what it's about. And and sometimes, and I'm going to give you the last bit. And this is gold. This is absolute gold. This is the best thing I've ever said. And I, I can. And talking to Mick is a man who I, I believe is also of a fellow rhinoceric nature. I hope so. And that is. If I can give you one thing, if I, everything that I've learned in my 50 odd years on this planet is this. The hardest thing in the world is to be yourself. Just fucking be yourself. Whatever it is, whoever it is, be true to yourself. And, and that way, as soon as you, you do that, guys, it's, it's the most wonderful and beautiful gift. And the universe will reward you over and over again because it's a difficult and troubled road we sometimes have to, to, to face. But it's worth it in the end. Thank you, Mick, for your time. And can I put my clothes back on now? Thanks for taking the time to listen today. You can listen to more shows like this on MixedMartialArts.com. Mixed Martial Arts is an abrupt audio production. Today's show was produced by Luke Berry. This show is brought to you by Abrupt Audio. To find out more about podcasting or get help with your own podcasts, head over to AbruptAudio.com forward slash start.